Hi everyone, my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. This is a podcast where we talk about fan fiction. Each episode, the three of us individually bring a fic to talk about. Um, we are back after a little break. If you're listening to this very much in the future, maybe there was no break at all. But uh, hello, we're back. This is how this podcast works. Um, and this episode, Nick, you're up first. What's your fic? Yeah, so my fic is called The Rat and the Ruby Slippers by Indigosto Hellet. Welcome back to the podcast after so many episodes. It is a Carlos slash Cecil fic for the fandom Welcome to Night Vale podcast. Reed, what did you bring? My fic for this episode is Field of Dreams by Sophia Helix. Um, it is for two fandoms I'm not in, the Sandman comics and baseball RPF, and there is no pairing, just Jen. Brenna, what's your fic? My fic for this episode is Modern Rustic by Be The Change, another author that we are welcoming back to the pod after a uh, long time. <laughs> um, this is for uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved and also sort of Watcher Entertainment RPF, I guess both now. Uh, the pairing is unsurprisingly Ryan and Shane. So as Reed alluded to earlier, we did just get off of about a month break from recording and editing and posting episodes and such. So we are here. We're refreshed. We're really excited to be back. So thank you, everyone who was so uh, excited for us to have a break <laughs> and rest a bit and who waited uh, patiently or impatiently for our return. We appreciate it. It was really nice. Um, I do also feel like personally, at least... Um, the last month or so really did make me learn and identify with the concept of a hot girl summer. I don't know about the two of you. Yeah, I'd have to say that I really agree with that. Um, definitely having, uh, as people say, a hot girl summer, learning a lot about the meaning of that term and about myself, um, doing all of the things that everyone else in society would consider to fall in that category, and I'm excited to get into them and what they are. Um, Reed, how do you say you'd feel about Hot Girl Summer? Oh, I think I'm, like, in the middle of my Hot Girl Summer journey, and not, like, because it's close to the middle of summer. Like, I'm just, I'm just still trying to, like, figure it out for myself. Like, I've got a couple things, and I'm like, yeah, that's Hot Girl Summer. Um, but I, mm, I don't know that I'm quite there yet. Like, I don't think I'm living up to my fullest Hot Girl Summer potential, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a shame, honestly. If you need any mentorship, um, I'm happy to offer my services. Um, I really feel as though I've blossomed. Uh, a few nights ago, actually, I, after getting into a new fandom, uh, literally stayed up the entire night reading fanfiction. It was my first all-nighter in maybe three or four years. Um, so I think that was really a sign that I'm getting to a place where not only is it summer, but I'm really doing hot girl shit, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was any of the fic good, or was it that thing where you're just, like, up at 4am, so you're like, I'll read anything? Yeah, a couple were good. A lot of it, mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> but at a certain point, yeah, you're just, I'm just here. I'm, I'm along for the ride. I can't be stopped. I see something that's a trope I like. It's 50,000 words. I don't, I don't really care what's in there. Like, we're just doing it at that point, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I have not pulled any all-nighters um, as of late, which 
I am counting as actually part of my hot girl summer behavior because usually my sleep schedule, especially like during kind of like breaks and holiday periods does get really messed up. So I'm considering it um, a pro that I've maintained it somewhat normally recently. Um, I will, however, say that I have just sort of spiraled down a few different rabbit holes of, of fandom content as of late. In the last approximately four days, I've decided to really <laughs> commit myself to being a once, um, which is a member of the fandom for the... Uh, which is I can't speak. <laughs> Once upon a time, a member of TV the show. fandom for the <laughs> K-pop girl group twice. Um, so that's been exciting. Been watching a lot of uh, content on YouTube. Really, you know, uh, leaning into that. Um, so that's been part of my hot girl summer activities. Um, yeah, I have more, but well, I, I assume we'll get back to everyone on this rotation. So I'll save some for later. Um, <laughs> read any relatable activities going on for you yeah um I'm gonna pull kind of what you just did where Nick was like here's my hot girl shit and you're like the reverse of it is hot girl shit for me wow um <laughs> you have gotten very into twice you've become a once um I think mm-hmm. my hot girl shit very is out of twice. absolutely ghosting well no it's um txt voice ghosting everyone on my k-pop tweet because I like uh-huh. haven't opened it in like yeah. a month I mean I have vaguely but um Mm -hmm. I really said June okay June was an incredibly busy month for me um we were gonna take a break anyway but it ended up working out well because Mm -hmm. I was just all over the place and part of my uh hot girl shit was like you know what actually maybe I don't need to spend copious amounts of hours on the rabbit hole of k-pop twit and I'll return at some point but I think it's hot girl shit because it was better for my mental health (laughs) Oh, yeah. Prioritizing your mental health is absolutely hot girl shit. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. Uh, I also think, to me, the first thing that came to mind when I was thinking about hot girl shit or like hot girl summer, um, you both are aware that I recently made a purchase that is maybe the best thing I've ever done for my wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a pretty simple shirt. Uh, the font on it is in the style of like a collegiate shirt, like a, you know, like a university name. But it says oat milk. That's it. It's just a shirt that says oat milk and I am obsessed with it. It's hot gay summer, baby. (laughs) I'm in my jean shorts. I'm in my oat milk shirt. I'm in my combat boots. That's it. That is hot girl summer. (laughs) I'm in my buying boba from the boba place after it closes. I confess my crimes to you in the sanctity of pre-mic recording, Nick. (laughs) Brenda doesn't even know about my crimes, and now I'm gonna have to tell her on air. I can't believe you do this. This is the opposite of Hot Girl Summer. Oh no. (laughs) Um, okay, well, now that Nick is making me confess myself as a literal criminal on air. Blowing up people's um, spot is Hot Girl Summer shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I can't argue with that. Um, yeah, so I thought to, like, treat myself to, like, our first Fit Click recording in, like, a month. I was like, I'm gonna go get Boba from my favorite place. And I showed up, and I tried to open the door, and the door was closed, and I looked down, and I realized it was three minutes past their closing, because I forgot they closed early. Um, so I tried to leave, and then the guy who runs the store was behind the door and saw me and recognized me, because I go there a lot and have blue hair. And so he's like, what do you want? And I was like, no, 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 I'm gonna leave. I'm so sorry, I didn't realize you were closed. And he's like, no, it's fine. Milk, tea, boba? And I was like, no, yes, but no. I'm just gonna go now. Anyway, he um, went back and made me a milk tea boba and I just sat in my shame of being the horrible customer who like makes a retail person stay past closing. Um, So I did tip them more than what my drink cost because I just felt really (laughs) bad. A hardened criminal. (laughs) Okay, but I will say as someone who's like 
worked retail, it's somewhat on them for opening that door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, my policy was always, that door is not getting opened again. <laughs> you can tell me you left your wallet in here. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> oh, woof. That's not true. I would give them their wallet. But, like, in general, <laughs> don't come in. <laughs> sure. I was trying to leave, and then he was already walking towards the back. And I was like, is it worse if I leave now? Now that he is clearly going to make my drink? Um, Nick, what, what hot girl yes. summer shit have you been up to? Give us oh, more examples. actually, yeah, well, I was thinking about it, and, like, literally today, I feel like I was crushing it. Um, I went, I, I got a book from the library a couple weeks ago, and it's due tomorrow, so I was like, okay, I need to finish it. So I was like, I'm gonna finish reading it. It was really nice out today, so I was like, I'll go to the park, I'll bring a blanket, I'll, like, set stuff out, and I'll lie on the grass, and I will finish reading my book and then drop it off at the library so I was like sick I went to the park got myself there very excited and then I opened my car door and it was like really hot outside (laughs) I was like okay maybe not (laughs) so I did finish reading my book but I read it inside of my car with the air conditioning on (laughs) while I was parked next to the park and then I dropped it off at the library yeah I definitely think um reading more is hot girl summer behavior um some of our ficlets in the discord have been um sort of communally tracking reading accomplishments this summer which i think is great um i have really fallen behind on my particular goals but i was like okay i'm gonna try and like listen to some audiobooks while i go on walks around the neighborhood because if you are on tiktok at all you might have seen people um, doing what they call hot girl walks, which is where you take a walk and you think about like how hot you are and how you <laughs> achieve all your goals and all of these great things. It's it's manifesting. My thoughts are not so easily controlled, so I have implemented listening to things um, just to distract myself from going down negative thought spirals, which is not hot girl summer behavior. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get an audiobook and I'm going to listen to it on my walks. And this will also help with my reading goals. Um... The problem is that I do just find myself thinking about other things while listening to the audiobook. And it is high fantasy and it is multi-POV. Um, so each chapter shifts and then I, I miss <laughs> the chapter shifts. And then I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Um, I don't know the world building. I'm like 30% in now. So I feel like I've gotten a better grasp of it. It's coming together in my brain and I can like picture the characters and stuff easier. But the first couple chapters were rough. Um, I was like, I don't know what's happening or who anyone is. <laughs> so, you know, it's fine. We're just, um, we're just out here having a good time, taking walks where you try and sort of walk every street in the neighborhood because your neighborhood's not that big, but like you want to keep walking. Um, and then you try and like avoid the houses of like the neighbors that you know, because you don't want to like make small talk because you're trying to listen to your audiobook that you're doing a bad <laughs> job of listening <laughs> to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> that's that's hot relatable. Yeah. Uh, I think my um, reading hot girl summer behavior is that um, very recently my family went on a vacation um, and at one point I did ditch my family so that I could continue reading um, the rest of One Last Stop in peace. I was like, I want to read this undisturbed. Also, like I knew some friends who were like, oh, the ending made me so emotional and I cried and I was like, I can't can't be crying on the beach next to my family. That's that's not the vibe I'm going for. So mm-hmm. um, ditching people to go read a book, I think, is Hot Girl Summer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, crying alone by yourself on a beach is definitely yeah. Hot Girl shit. I, yes, I didn't end up crying, um, uh, but 
I think the vibes were still, I got misty eyed. Mm -hmm. I got choked up. So I think the vibes are still there. Absolutely. Um, I do want to shout out one other piece of hot girl shit that I've been doing or that I I did recently. If you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw this. Um, (laughs) I thought it'd be funny. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Tell me. Um, so as you all know, sometimes I get a little bit out of my gourd about the CW show Riverdale. Um, I can't explain this or justify it really, but it does just make my brain filled with bees in a way that like nothing else does. But I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny to like make a tweet that said like hot girl summer mood board and like hot girl summer outfit inspo, but it's just like screenshots of like season five Jughead when he's like getting abducted by aliens. Um, <laughs> so I did like go through. <laughs> I did like I googled first but like there weren't the screenshots or pictures that like I wanted so then I did go through like manually the episodes that are on the CW website and like take my own screenshots so I could like make these little tweets and it was like me just sitting in on in front of my laptop at like 2am being like hee hee hee. Like, I don't know what came over me. Reed, I think you did tell me that you read my tweets and were slightly concerned, but um, the, I like, liked them. The you know. hot girl mood board was not concerning. It was the, like, uh-huh. series of tweets that... <laughs> I don't even know the what series of tweets in which I said that Jughead was accidentally queer-coded because they made him, like, the, the protagonist of great American novels who yeah, are yeah. also queer-coded. Yeah. 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 That, that was good. It was good. I also, like, looked at the time that it was posted and, like, yeah. the number of tweets, and I was like, hey, Bren, how are you doing? Don't worry about it. Um, I'm doing great, and also I totally stand by that. Um, yeah. So... Hot girl shit. Am I right? You know what else I think is really hot girl shit is um, doing this episode of this podcast where I know zero of the four fandoms we've brought. I'm really excited to see how this goes. Well, you know what they say, Reed. Ignorance is bliss. Let's get to it. So my fic for this episode is called The Rat and the Ruby Slippers by Indigo Stohelet, which I have pronounced correctly this time, because after the last time we had them on the pod, we were like, SOS. <laughs> and they did very kindly tell us, so very happy about that. Um, this is a fic for the podcast. It's an audio drama called Welcome to Night Vale. Um, and the pairing is Carlos slash Cecil, and Carlos is the main character in the fic. So in the podcast, Welcome to Night Vale, Cecil is our main character, sort of. Um, he runs a radio show. So the podcast itself is a fictional radio show centered around the city of Night Vale, which is located in the American Southwest uh, in a very deserty area, and there are a lot of left-of-center supernatural happenings that are presented as extremely normal, and that's part of the humor of the show, um, and also just the general charm. Um, I really love this podcast. I listened to it a lot in high school, <laughs> so a uh, very long time ago. It was pretty formative for me. And I am very excited to finally be bringing a fic. Uh, the fic is technically canon verse. Well, it is definitely canon verse. Um, it is 
set in primarily in Desert Bluffs, which is a suburb in the world of Welcome to Night Vale that is perceived as extremely terrifying and evil um, because it's so cookie cutter nice and Night Vale has its own charm of being like really kooky, but at least like it's real. Um, so that is a little bit of background. Um, I will... I'll, I'll let Reed speak to this more. I think that um, <laughs> it's very rooted in the canon of Welcome to Night Vale. So if you've listened to the podcast, even if you just have a general understanding of it, I think you'll really, really enjoy this one. Um, if not, I don't know, maybe you'll still like it. <laughs> I think that would be great. Um, so yeah, I think that's the general gist. Carlos is a scientist who, in the show, moves to Night Vale um and does all these experiments and tries to understand all of these strange things that are happening that can't really be explained by science and he and cecil canonically fall in love and get together so we love them and they are also the pairing in this fic i really enjoyed this fic um i don't have any major content warnings i will note that um the one of the main themes of this fic is like memory loss and manipulation or distortion of reality so just fyi there there's a lot of like unreality happening um, as Carlos tries to figure out what is going on. Um, and then there is also animal testing in the fic, so he's a scientist. And that's about it, I think. That's what I've got. Uh, friends, co-hosts, colleagues. Lend me your ears. <laughs> Tell me your thoughts. Yeah, I really enjoyed reading this fic. Um, I also enjoyed and listened to Night Vale uh, back when it started. I was also in high school. I don't remember like exactly when. Um, but I really enjoyed the show. I did not stick with it long term, um, just because like I had missed a whole bunch, and then it's hard to catch up on things and blah blah blah. Things escape me. Um, but I loved the like premise of it. The characters are great. Um, it wasn't really like anything I had heard before. Like I hadn't really listened to any audio dramas, and the general setting wasn't really like any media I was consuming at the time. Um, I really enjoy the sort of like unsettling cryptid desert unreality but like also kind of neon <laughs> like aesthetic of Night Vale um yeah it was just very different than anything I had read in terms of like setting for a story and world building um and I I really loved it um so it was very fun to revisit it again in this story I was kind of saying to Nick and Reed yesterday like there's a feeling that I really enjoy where when I revisit a piece of media that I used to love a long time ago, and I remember some things about it, but I don't remember a whole ton of specifics. There's characters I don't remember, things like that. And then either going back to, like, say, an episode of it, or in this case, like, a fan work related to it, it sort of, like, rebuilds itself in your head as you're reading it or watching it. Um, and I had that feeling while reading this fic. I think its sense of the universe and characters is really spot on. Um, and it just made me really nostalgic for this fandom and for the setting. Um, so yeah, I loved reading it. Yeah, um, here comes part one of me saying I wasn't <laughs> in this fandom, but uh, prepare to hear that a lot this episode. <laughs> um, the entirety of my experience with Welcome to Night Vale is, um, me listening to, like, I think I maybe actually got through the first episode, but probably not more than that, and then just a lot of, like, Tumblr osmosis. Um, at the time that it was, like, at its most popular, I wasn't even really listening to podcasts much, like, let alone, like, audio dramas. Um, and 
in hindsight, I don't think it would have been very scary, but I also am a little baby. And I was like, I don't know, people say this show might be scary. Like, this is like me trying to listen to like the Magnus archives and being like, actually, <laughs> That's I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, the Magnus archives, like recent, I was like, cool, great. I can tackle this. Then, <laughs> nope. Anyway, that's not relevant. Uh, This is to say that I knew the vibe of it, like, even having only listened to very little of it and, like, maybe snippets across my Tumblr dash, like, I can still recall, like, Cecil's voice and, like, how distinctive it is and sort of the, like, narrative tone of the show. Um, and I think that helped, for sure, uh, in reading this fic. But otherwise, like, yeah, I really enjoyed it and I didn't mind, like, not catching all the little references. Um, it helped that Nick had said beforehand that, like, Desert Bluffs is evil and Kevin is evil. Um, I think having, like, a few very basic facts was good to ground me. If I didn't have that, I would have been a little more lost. But otherwise, like, it was just a good, enjoyable fic. Um, it had that fun feeling. Okay, I just said I don't do horror. But, like, <laughs> I I can sort of, like, I guess, like, empathize with the feeling of, like, when you're watching a horror movie and, like, the protagonist is, like, doing something and you're, like, you want to, like, shake them and be, like, why don't you see the monster behind you or whatever. Um, it had that fun feeling for me of, like, I was reading and I was so badly, I was like, Carlos, I, like, need you to figure out what's going on. And then he does. And it's really satisfying. Um, I liked the, like, slow, creeping dread that builds throughout the fic. I think it was done really well. Like, I think the pacing of this fic was really good. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I definitely would give it the recommendation of not really needing to know much about canon to have a good time reading this fic. Yeah. Um, for a little bit of additional context for people who have not read it, uh, this fic is actually under 8,000 words. Um, so I, it's very impressive to me because I think when I think of fic that is under like 10k, I don't generally think about it having a lot of plot because that's just not something that like I do when I write. Like if it's shorter, then I'm like, ah, oh, that's fine. We can skate along on vibes only. Um, but this fic has like a very solid plot as Reed was alluding to. Um, so spoiler horns here, if you haven't read it and you, beep, yeah, beep, 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 thank you, um, if you have not read it and you would like to, and you don't want to be spoiled, um, please go do that like now. <laughs> Cause I want to talk about the plot. Um, okay. That was your warning. I'm talking. So in this fic, Carlos is still, you know, his scientist self out there doing stuff. But, um, when we enter the fic, he is together with Kevin from Desert Bluffs. Um, who, as Reed said earlier, is not not our favorite guy um, as Night Vale fans. Um, he doesn't know anything about Night Vale. It's not even really, like, referenced or mentioned by other characters. I almost said NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I was thinking about how Kevin is the most common name in um, a region of our D&D campaign. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, sometimes you just need to pull a name out of your back pocket and it's easier when they have the same anyway <laughs> um yes so carlos is just the the when we're introduced to him he's just living his life he's just hanging out uh we don't hear anything about cecil we don't hear anything about like these other characters from night vale that we know very well from the canon um he's just hanging out and very quickly we get the impression that something has gone wrong here that this is not his normal life that this is not what he would voluntarily be doing or how he would be living if he had chosen, um, you know, who he wants to be with and where he wants to live, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, and as the fic progresses, we get these kind of dream sequences, and we eventually learn that the entirety of Night Vale is basically trapped in Carlos's consciousness, uh, which I found super interesting. Um, I think this canon gives so much opportunity for creativity. Um, because so many things can and do happen in Night Vale, the podcast and like the city <laughs> within the canon. Um, and so to me, I really like that the author said, okay, like this is what is plausible and possible in the canon verse fic. So let's just go for it. Let's just push that and see what happens. Um, there's a lot of other pieces to it that we're going to talk more about, but I really liked that that was how it ended up progressing. And in the end, um, it really is like, Carlos having to make this big difficult decision about what he wants to do with his life and what he wants to prioritize. As our longtime ficlets probably know, um, something I greatly enjoy is canon verse fic that makes some tweaks, takes some chances, but is still like solidly canon verse. And I think that's one of the things I really enjoyed about this fic. Uh, Nick, you were sort of talking about like just exploring the idea of like what's possible in canon and I think this fic does that really really well um I think for me like Night Vale is one of those pieces of media where the characters are such a product of the environment and of the world that they're in um that I wouldn't know what to do with like a Carlos and Cecil high school AU or something like I'm sure they're out there and I'm sure they're well written but for me the characters live so much in this world and are so like part of it that I think the fact that this fic made that even more so turned Cecil essentially into Night Vale for the majority of this fic worked really well for me. Um, I also just really enjoyed, I think, being in Carlos's POV um, for all of it and the sort of like dreamscape moments that he has with Cecil throughout worked really well. Um, I, as also as our longtime ficlets will know, love fic and media that has like dreamscapes and dreams and um everything like that so while I wouldn't necessarily say this is like dream sharing fic in like a sort of typical manner like Cecil is very much showing up in Carlos's dreams to be like hey remember these things because the world you're in isn't really the real one um so yeah I just it had a lot of stuff that I really enjoy in like media in general and then to revisit it all in this format in in Night Vale was really satisfying yeah Brent you were talking yesterday in our pre-discussion about how um with like Welcome to Night Vale fix that you had read in the past, like you think it can be hard to get Cecil's voice down because it is so distinctive, um, which really makes sense. Um, and I was thinking about that as I was reading this fic and um, plot spoilers, I guess, towards the end um, as like Carlos is like actively trying to break away from this like grip that Kevin has on him and his memories. Um, Kevin, who is the manifestation of um, Desert Bluffs, like basically pretends as though Carlos has won and like, shifts himself into Cecil um and Carlos sees right through it and and Kevin is like how and Carlos says the voice nobody can ever really get Cecil's voice right and I just thought that was so interesting because like yes it makes so much sense for this fic but also like I think it makes sense on a meta level too like again from what very little I know of canon it is such a distinctive like script and such a distinctive way of Cecil speaking and things like that um, that I think can be really hard to emulate, which also makes the ending of this fic even more delightful as we get Cecil narrating back into the radio for all of Night Vale, which has been returned to its regular place and not inside of Carlos's subconscious. 
yeah I like I heard that last bit like it was so mm-hmm. pitch perfect I was like yeah 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 that's exactly what we're looking for <laughs> um and I think yeah and that note like talking about the voice um this is a headcanon that I think a lot of people adopted um in the Night Vale fandom I might have honestly had less of it on my Tumblr dash than either of you <laughs> I really didn't get a lot um I have a little bit of fan art that I know I reblogged um but I listened to this show really early days and I listened to it like I made my own little fan art because I was taking a photoshop class it's really bad I don't still have it anywhere <laughs> thankfully um, oh no I wanted to see it oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> we've like cajoled so many embarrassing things from your past yeah, out I of know. you that I feel like if this one still existed like we could get it from you <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah uh I don't know where it would be no, I was like, maybe I can try and find it. No, no, no. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, I don't think it exists anywhere anymore. But um, in this fic and in the fandom, um, in a lot of cases, Cecil being the voice of Night Vale, as in like the voice of Night Vale radio, is taken very literally. And Night Vale, because it has all of these magical goings on and like unsettling or weird or strange occurrences and this magic to it, um, it is perceived as this living entity and so Cecil being the voice of Night Vale not only is representing them as a radio host but is speaking for the almost like creature that Night Vale is and in this fic Cecil is Night Vale um so that makes his voice the voice of Night Vale it also makes like his face the face of Night Vale I don't know you know um but I thought that was a really fun choice and it really really worked in the context of this for me um I think like it makes so much sense that if the entirety of Night Vale is stuck in Carlos's head, that then the dreams are coming through Cecil, who's speaking to him, um, that the only place where Night Vale would even be able to be contained would be in the head of Night Vale's, like, lover? I don't know, it's so interesting. I just really like um, that choice and the way that it played out in the context of this plot. Something I found really compelling about the plot of this is sort of the crux of it is... It's not even like Carlos's amnesia. It's that um, when he's living in Desert Bluffs, everything is presented as a utopia. Um, and like there's a scene where like he's at the park with Kevin and everyone is like smiling and happy. And he thinks like, wouldn't it be great if like everything was always this perfect? Um, and as Carlos is sort of plucking at the threads of what's going on and realizing like he is trapped in this place, um, what Kevin as Desert Bluffs tells him is like, it's not that we've like made you forget. It's like you have to choose. Like you have to, you have to choose to forget Night Vale. And like, why wouldn't you want to when everything is so perfect? And there's a bit where um, Carlos, in his internal narration, is like he wants that happiness, that simplicity. He wants everything to be knowable and known for everything dark and strange to have never existed, and all the monsters to be tricks of the light. Um, and I was thinking about how that's a theme in media. I feel like I've seen a lot. And strangely, what came to mind was like children's cartoon shows. Um, I don't know if these are going to be references either of you are going to get, but, like, there's an episode of, like, The Fairly Odd Parents where, like, Timmy Turner is, like, sick of, like, standing out or being bullied or something and he wishes for everyone to be the same. And then everything is just, like, gray and homogenous. And he's like, oh, wait, this is horrible. Or, like, Danny Phantom, when Danny, like, rips out the part of himself that is, like, mourning and grieving in in the hopes of just being, like, happy. And then that all goes sideways. Like, I don't know. I think there's something about the narrative of dreaming about a life in which like everything is good and then realizing like that is much worse and actively choosing to take the world as it is with all of its hurt and all of its strangeness and all of the twists and turns it comes with 
I don't know. I liked that a lot in this fic, like the way it played out. Yeah, one thing I thought was um, really interesting regarding sort of Carlos having to make this choice is also in the very first dream that he has with Cecil in it, where he doesn't even really recognize Cecil. He just thinks of Cecil as someone who kind of looks like Kevin, but like not quite. Because <laughs> yes. um, Kevin and Cecil are kind of like mirrorverse versions of each other. Um Kevin's telling him about this magic trick where there's these, like, it looks like there's a window that hangs in the middle of a stage and, like, faces appear on it, but it's all done with mirrors. And uh, Cecil kind of says, like, um, oh, yes, that's just an illusion, though. The real thing is much worse, which obviously mm-hmm. goes on to sort of play out, like, what Carlos experiences throughout the fic. But I was also kind of thinking about how for a magic trick to work the audience has to choose to buy into it and like choose to believe in it um like obviously you know there's always the trope of like okay can we convince the skeptic or whatever but I think like I don't know I was thinking about like an NPR (laughs) episode (laughs) that I've listened to with my mom about like magic shows and stuff and I was thinking about Reed you and I and our friend recently rewatched um now you Mm. see me and I was just thinking (laughs) about like magic shows in which a big part of it is that the audience has their eyes so fixed on one thing and are kind of choosing to remain oblivious, even if they don't consciously realize it, they're choosing to focus on what they already know to be a trick somehow. Um, And so I was just thinking that it was really interesting to kind of put that choice back to Carlos when he's actually able to make it and it's not just like a trick of the environment anymore, where he has the option to see outside of what he's been like, his vision has been pointed towards by the mirrors um, and he can like recognize them for what they are. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I I liked that little scene, the little dreamscape scene with Cecil a lot at the beginning. I thought that was just like an cool metaphor and like cool way to set up what was going to happen to Carlos um but I was also thinking about the sort of other ways that like choice and what we choose to kind of even again even if it's not consciously what our brain almost chooses to ignore about our reality um and then what we can like choose to see instead I think it's really fun and cool how Brenna and I both bring references of equal caliber I'm talking about Fairly Odd Parents, and she's talking about NPR, and these two things are both valid. (laughs) Okay, I don't really listen to NPR on my own, but I was on a road trip with my mom, and she likes This American Life, so we listened to an episode of it, and it was about magic tricks. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that kind of reminds me of, I don't know if y'all are familiar with um, William Shakespeare's play Hamlet. Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, it is not fit click powerpoint night yet nick save it save it soon (laughs) everything is hamlet if you didn't know ficlets and if you didn't you will hey if you'd like to be part of a powerpoint night where you can present something any any topic of your choosing that you feel passionate about come join our server come hang out yeah we're gonna host our second one is it gonna come out in time? It's July 10th. One day after this Ooh, episode. One day. Tomorrow. One day tomorrow. After this tomorrow. Join quick. <laughs> hey, hey. Sign up. <laughs> I can tell you about Hamlet. We'll do more in the future. Anyway. Yeah. So you're always welcome yeah. to join. Um. So one thing that I didn't content warn for, but that I was really, really interested in um, for this fic is that the first tag on it actually is mind control. Um, which I found so interesting in this context because I do see it. Um, and I think it depends on what perspective you're looking at it from. In some ways, Carlos is being mind controlled in that his memories and his perception of the world around him are being controlled by someone or something else. Um, 
but also like he seems to be able to make his own choices and um let his thoughts move in a direction that would be skeptical of what's happening around him and such. I just thought that was interesting. And then if you also look at, there's other ways in which that tag could play in as well, right? You have like intern Vanessa, um, who has to get married. Oh, intern, intern Vanessa, Vanessa, I'm going to get you out of there. Yeah, we have to save her. Um, but like, you don't really know how she has been coerced into holding this wedding and like making sure that Carlos attends so that this big climactic scene can happen when it's supposed to. Um, I just found it so interesting um, that that was the tag decision because I think it makes sense, but I think it also is a different angle or slant than I had perceived the events of this fic to be. Yeah, because I think with like mind control, I don't know. Mm, it's interesting because as I was about to speak, I'm like, well, I guess this applies because I was going to say I think mind control implies like a lack of agency. And I and I guess that's true. <laughs> right. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because like the Carlos, even in the beginning of this fic, the one who has like none of his memories back, it doesn't feel like he's being coerced into doing anything. It just feels like because the Desert Bluffs entity or whatever has sort of like put his mind in this state of not remembering this is how he's going to be. Like, he's like, okay, this is, this is Carlos. He still feels like, as far as I know him, it still feels like true to him. Like, <laughs> it doesn't feel like he's acting out of character. Yeah. It's just him in a situation in which he does not remember Night Vale or that this place is evil, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, this is not quite on the same topic, but I do, before we wrap up, I want to say something that both my co-hosts kind of yelled at me for yesterday, but I do want to bring back up again. Um, so we were talking about references and things that this fic reminded of uh, us of. Uh, there was one other thing that this fic did remind me of, and it is uh, Flowers for Algernon, and then also subsequently the Sherlock uh, fic that uh-huh. we also read that was based off of this. Uh-huh. Um, I did because... not yell at you for this. Nick did. I okay. said, I did you both like, like sighed heavily in <laughs> Okay, it wasn't yelling, but it was yeah. it was um it's, there's a rat and the brain is changing. I feel like that's it though. That's Hamlet. No, but like, okay, it's not <laughs> Hamlet. <laughs> and here's my point. So yes, Carlos is like a scientist, but the drug that they're studying from like the corporation that I'm now forgetting the name of. Strexcorp. Strexcorp is the same thing that was given to Carlos. So he's watching this rat be drugged with the same thing that like he's going to experience. So it's the same thing of like he's watching the rat experience what he's about to experience. But like, (laughs) shut up, you're driving me crazy. (laughs) The rat is not Hamlet. (laughs) Well, no, obviously Carlos is Hamlet. (laughs) I mean, the rat is not the play Hamlet. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> I disagree, but you can go ahead. God. Okay. All my point was is that I liked the unsettling nature of Carlos unknowingly watching the rat that's experiencing all these things that he's either also experiencing or about to experience, but he doesn't know that the rat and him are on the same journey because he doesn't know he's been dosed. That reminded me of Flowers for Algernon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, I did misspeak. Sorry, Carlos is Claudius. He's not Hamlet in this metaphor. Okay, I have to, I have to leave. I'm just leaving. <laughs> okay, well, good episode, everyone. Thank you also, so much for listening. Like, you don't know this because, like, you might be like, why does Rena sound so exasperated? They've barely talked about Hamlet on this pod. Um, that's true, but we did spend a lot of time on our vacation uh, saying a piece of media and then trying to figure out whether or not it was Hamlet. Yeah, um, it always is. Which is all good and well. Almost all of them are Hamlet. Um, but 
the the rat in this fic <laughs> is not Hamlet. And even if it is Hamlet, it can also be other things and also Hamlet. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, thank you. Can I just very briefly, um, a slight call out for Brenna. I'm really surprised because when you said you had one more thing to contribute, I really yeah. thought you were going to talk about the bit where Kevin is like, suburb sprawl, it's what we do, we'll eat up other towns, like we <laughs> ate up Night Vale, and we'll spread across the whole state, across the whole desert. Like, I really thought you were going to get into your, like, mm. suburban, sort of like, the the picture Manifest of what America destiny. is, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, <laughs> well. I really thought you were going to get into that. Um, although... There's a little bit of it in my fic if you want to just like, carry those feelings into our next discussion. <laughs> well, not as much. But... There's an eternal amount of things I could talk about in this fic. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, Reed, I could talk about that. I could also talk about my feelings about like desert landscapes right. as yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. setting. Um, uh-huh. But instead, I wanted to reference a thing that was also kind of a reference to a different episode of Fit Click. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. If you're talking about that. desert love landscapes, you would have loved my... Uh, 16 year old fan art <laughs> yeah probably oh i really thought you were about to say you would have loved the hamlet fic by indigo <laughs> that we brought on like episode i five? did love it i also loved too. it yeah we did all love that fic very yeah. much another episode where i made too many references to other pieces <laughs> of media that if i'm remembering correctly the end of that discussion was just like all of us being like reference, 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 yeah. reference. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like that's a testament to how good the fic is, and yeah. it's like it makes me think I mean, about all these other amazing things. I really like stuff like that. That's often how my brain wants to work is just like reference to reference to reference. Yeah. Well, thank goodness we have each other. That was our conversation about uh, the Rat and the Ruby Slippers by Indigo Stalet. Um, a really, really, really interesting fic that I think any Night Vale fan would love and any non-Night Vale fan would enjoy getting a peek into the world of. So, uh, yeah, very exciting stuff. And we're moving on to the next one now. Ba- hey, batter up. <laughs> In case you missed it in the intro, um, my fic is Field of Dreams by Sophia Helix. It is for the fandoms The Sandman and Baseball RPF. I know nothing about either of these. I do technically know a little bit about the sport of baseball. At least I used to. I used to like watch it quite often with my family. I never once have gone into the Baseball RPF tag, uh, and if I had not seen it, I would not have known that this fic included any RPF-adjacent <laughs> yeah. things at all. Um, and I do not know one single thing about the Sandman and in a very uncharacteristic move for me, I didn't do any research. So this is a fic that was written for Yuletide 2015. Um, it is only 1.6k, so it is pretty short. Um, and it is about dream and death from the Sandman watching a youth baseball game. Um, sort of observing the players, in particular one player who, um dream of the endless as his character tag says uh points out this one kid as like a potential prophetic dreamer um if you look at the tags you would know that that person is max scherzer yeah who plays on the hold on i googled this washington nationals uh his nickname is mad max good for him i guess i don't know anything about this man and as i said his name is never once mentioned in the fic so this really could just read like OCs all around, I think. Um, I found this fic so delightful and good. Um, Clearly, I think it reads really well, even if you don't know anything about any of the canons. Um, The prose is, like, really sharp in a way that I really enjoyed. Um, 
also, I don't know, there was just something that felt right about getting back to our roots of, like, really niche <laughs> Yuletide fic for our first episode back after our break. Um, as I was reading it, I was like, I enjoy this. I feel like this is a thing that my co-host will really enjoy. I have a bunch of things I want to get into, but before we get into our discussion, I do also just want to say no content warnings for this one. Just, uh, you know, some vaguely supernatural, otherworldly something creatures watching a baseball game, hanging out, being friends. Um, well, being siblings, I guess. <laughs> okay, being siblings. Being <laughs> um, friends. You can be friends with they your can siblings. They can be friends. They seem, yeah. like they seem like they're friendly. Um, yes. <laughs> I really liked this fic. What did you guys think about it? I liked it. Hello, it's me, Nicole. <laughs> Just letting people know I enjoyed this fic. Um, yes. Uh, also came in with no knowledge. I'm gonna be honest, I don't even really know what Sandman is still. Neil Gaiman, I've heard, um, which I found out during our pre-discussion. Uh, like, I don't know, dude, I'm just hanging out. I'm just living life. I read this as an original story and I liked it. Uh, it's super short. It's like under 2000 words um, and like a pretty easy read. Um, I think the, I can see the Gaiman influence as someone who has read more than one chapter of American Gods. Um, and the style of the prose I thought was really, really well done and really, um, like matched the tone of what I would have expected for something in that realm. Um, I liked what it had to say about sport in general, <laughs> um, baseball specifically, but also just about sports and people and stuff. I'm sure we'll talk more about that, but yeah, overall, like written really well and an interesting concept. So I simply cannot complain. Yeah, I also don't know anything about either of these fandoms. Um, I don't know anything about Sandman. In fact, I think I was kind of thinking of the wrong comic series like the whole time I was reading this, but it doesn't really matter because I kind of just read it as like a standalone short story. <laughs> yeah. um, I also don't know anything about baseball. I've never seen a full game. Like, I don't know the sport. Uh, yeah. Have you never been Great. to a baseball game? Oh my gosh. No. We need to buy Brenna some peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't want to go to a baseball <laughs> game. They seem so long and boring. I'm sorry to any of my friends and ficklets who like baseball. I just don't think it's for me. Like, the only way I like sports is, like, if they're in small chunks. Like, um, I'm watching someone do, like, a gymnastics routine, which is, like, short. Or if it's just, like, really fast-paced, which is, like, why I could get into hockey. Um, That's, like, everybody says, like, if you find baseball, like, boring to watch on tv like it is it is more fun to go to a game like you go i mean i would go experience. to a game with friends just for the fact that like i'd be hanging out with yeah. like friends but Let's do it um i have no desire really to and also i felt like yeah i mean i did live in la for a while i could have easily gone to a dodgers game yeah that's why i was um, baffled that you but... said you haven't even watched it in its entirety i was like did you not go once <laughs> no i watched bits of their wins um world world cup no that's not no. the right world oh, series <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything. I do remember that one time the three of us were hanging out. Um, I think we had just oh the one like, time we were frozen yogurt together. <laughs> well, okay, we we were getting like ice cream together, and uh -huh. we were like, "What are those sounds in the distance?" And like we were like, "This is so strange." Or maybe we were recording even. I can't remember, but we were like, "What the hell is this?" And like two days later, Brenna was like, "Oh." The Dodgers won the World Series, and it was like celebration fireworks. Yes. And none of us had any idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from where I lived in LA one year, you could pretty much hear like anything that they did at Dodger Stadium. So that's definitely yeah. what I was hearing, and I just didn't know. I spent New Year's um, at Dodger Stadium. Oh, wow. Watching did you fireworks oh, yeah. from yeah, yeah, yeah. the field. Yeah, baby. 
I, I spent know all Fourth about of July baseball. watching fireworks in the field with a uh, friend of the pod and ficklet, AJ. Hey. Hello. <laughs> What's up? Now that we've established that I don't know <laughs> shit about baseball, um, <laughs> which is true, I don't. Um, I did still really enjoy this fic. I, in general, like a trope I like, I feel like this, this episode is going to be a lot of me saying like a trope I like, um, is like when concepts like death or dream are personified. Um, especially like, I think I've read a lot of things that have like death as a character and I've always really enjoyed it. Um, so that... We were off to a great start in terms of me liking this fic, just with that general setup and premise. Um, I also, I think one of the things I like about that is, like, when these kind of very powerful, uh, influential kind of characters, manifestations of concepts are just doing very, like, normal things. So, like, going to a youth baseball game is, like, one of the most sort of, like, normal Americana, like, banal, everyday kind of things that I could think of. And, like, so I just really enjoyed that premise altogether, I think. Um, yeah, I thought the writing was great. Um, I did really like the conversation it was having about sort of, like, the power of people's beliefs and dreams to, like, manifest things into reality and sort of the, uh, how we make things important by, like, giving them the power of our, like, time and energy and thoughts and care and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, just to to quickly backtrack to the Neil Gaiman thing, um, I found it really funny because, again, I, like, I'm not familiar with the canon. I started reading this fic, I got, like, three sentences in, and I was like, hmm. Uh, similar to Nick, I have read more than one chapter of American Gods. I've actually started it, like, three separate times and gotten a little further each time. Um, and then I read a little bit of Good Omens for that one fic where Brenna was like, you should read a bit to understand the tone. Um, so I was, like, three sentences into this fic, and I was like, this really feels like Neil Gaiman. And then I was like, hold on a second. And I looked up and I was like, mmm, The Sandman is by Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. So, shout Hold out on to a this- second. Neil Gaiman is a professional baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I will say, embarrassingly, I have read all of American Gods, and at no point was I like, Neil Gaiman, while reading this thing. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I almost feel like you reading more of it and not seeing him in the thick is, like, very interesting. Um, I was just going to say, like, shout out to this author, I think, for really nailing the tone such that as someone with little to no experience reading him I still was very much like I get this influence um but yeah to touch a little bit on what Brenna was saying about the the very Americana-ness of it all to to be at a youth baseball game um despite as I have previously established uh, despite the fact that I have been to professional baseball games I was like have I ever been to like a middle school baseball game like maybe like once I don't know for a friend or something and yet like there's a bit where, like, uh, one of the team scores, and so it mentions, the fic mentions, like, a teenage boy, like, getting up and, like, changing the number on, like, the, the score tally, and then, like, spitting out some tobacco, going back to his chair, whatever, that whole thing. And it's such a small description, but it felt so evocative. Like, I felt like I was, like, sitting in the stands also, like, watching this game, watching this, like, teenage boy who's just, like, probably making minimum wage, like, doing this little thing. Like, it felt, I don't know, I think one of the things that I really loved about this fic is that because it is so short, um... I think it like really zoomed in on its perspective um, and on the scene and it made every single sentence like evocative and like vivid. It was like every single sentence does work um, to like paint the picture of this scene that you're reading and did that job really, really well. Um, The prose in this fic was just very phenomenal. Yeah, I agree with that. It is really interesting. It's I was someone who grew up around a lot of sports just in general. Um, We had I, I grew up in suburbia. We had a lot of family friends whose like kids were playing sports all the time so 
so much when I was younger. I was either playing my own soccer games or going to friends or family friends, baseball games, football games, swim meets, whatever. Um, and so it does feel very evocative in that sense of like, you know, you're just out there. It's the middle of the day on a Saturday. You're watching some kids play some some ball. Uh, baseball, I guess. Ball is the, <laughs> that's that wouldn't <laughs> evoke baseball immediately. Ball is life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is there is such a vibe about it. And I think that this fic did a really good job of not only emulating that vibe, but using it to its own advantage, um, especially when paired with, I don't like, where did this prompt come from? I am so exceptionally deeply curious about what brought mm-hmm. these things together. Like who, who was the person out there that was like, I need baseball RPF Sandman fusion, like stat. <laughs> I'm just obsessed with that. Um, And so I think for me, like, I thought that it was just, ah, there's just like so, it's such an unlikely piece of fiction to exist. And I think that was one reason I liked it so much. I love when I'm surprised by something. Like, how did this come to be? Where did it come from? Um, And then how did the author take all of these moving pieces that are so different from each other and dissonant in a lot of ways and turn them into something that felt super coherent in a really short amount of space? Um, unfortunately, so as you were speaking, I was just looking up Yuletide letters from 2015 to Mm -hmm. see if I could find, because I had the same thought. I was like, how in the hell did these two things come together? Um, I did find the spreadsheet of letters, but, um, it doesn't appear as though any of the links are still working. Oh. I, which is a real bummer. Yeah. Um, but like two of the fandoms are the Sandman and Baseball RPF. So there's that, but. Yeah. I mean, I think interestingly off what you were saying, Nick, like. This feels like one of those things where if this had been presented to me just as a short story, not as fan fiction and not with any fandom tags, I wouldn't have really thought that much about, like, the fusion of, like, dream and death watching a baseball game. Like, I would have just thought more about what is it trying to say about, like, these forces, Americana, the power of, like, our collective belief in things like baseball, (laughs) the power of someone having some desire or dream that they want so badly that it starts to, like, impact other people's, like, dreams and realities. Like... I don't think I would have even thought about like the combo of things, but then once you put the tags on there, then it does become like, what is this unlikely combination? So I just think that's like one of those things that's interesting to me about, like you could have the same content basically, but how do I read it and understand it differently if I was reading it outside of a fandom context versus like inside its actual fandom context? Touching on something that Bren said earlier um, about sort of like, the mythos of this sport and how it is talked about in this fic um there's a bit where dream and his sister death are like observing the game and he mentions it being something close to divine and death is kind of like laughing she's like what like you think baseball is a religion um and dream is like look at the rituals like the way that this pattern repeats itself over and over again like look at the ley lines of this field like when the ball is set in motion, a hundred things will determine its path. Like the positions are prescribed um, and he calls it ceremonial magic um, and talks about how it sort of like has enthralled the whole nation. And I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking about how Brenna said she doesn't know anything about baseball. And yet like, this is still so evocative of like Americana. Um, And I think it is so interesting in not just this fic in general, but sports when they are treated with this sort of reverence and religion, the superstitions or the like rituals that you build around them and how that gives them power. Um, 
that's something the three of us are pretty familiar with um, <laughs> from hockey fandom. It's a popular theme there. Um, and yeah, I think the way it manifests in this fic is so good and interesting. Yeah, I was definitely thinking a lot about some of the hockey fic I've read while reading this in regards to what Reed was just talking about. Um, there's definitely a trope in that fandom to sort of, I don't know, people do it in different ways. But yeah, to turn hockey into sort of this religion or pseudo-religion or just something that has like mystical power essentially uh, over other people. Like exactly in the same way because of the rituals, because of how people believe, like the other things about this scene are kind of that, like, like <laughs> Death's reaction to the part that Reed just read was basically to be like, wow, you're a huge baseball nerd. And Dream's <laughs> like, I've just observed its impact on my dreamers. Like, I've just seen and witnessed what happens to the people who believe in this so hard. Um, it has an impact on them. It has an impact on the world. It has an impact on other people's dreams. Um, and yeah, I just, that was definitely reminding me of some of the other sports RPF I've read where, like, the power of people believing in a team or believing in players creates this sort of like supernatural elements surrounding it. Like whether that's, I don't know, arenas sort of taking on personalities or there being uh, some deeper layer of like quote unquote, like hockey magic. Like this seemed to kind of play into some of those same uh, tropes. I just think it's interesting because it's sort of that idea that like these things that we care so much about and that we kind of have created societal rituals around not just the way the games are played but like the ritual of going to the game of being a fan of doing things in certain ways like yes players have superstitions but fans also have superstitions and all of that like the collective power that it has to impact reality almost like I just think that that's a really interesting thing uh when when fic or fiction decides to explore it and I liked how that was done in this fic I did just check, um, this author has written for many, many, many fandoms. It's very impressive, but among them- They don't specialize in Sandman and baseball <laughs> fusion. No, um, but there are a couple different, like, sports RPF fandoms, including hockey, um, so I think it makes sense that we can see these parallels. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, when I first looked at the fic that you- picked I thought it was someone that we were I was like oh all three authors we've talked about before and then I was like no I've just read a lot of them on, on my, my own time yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny actually because the fandom that I would bring in when we're talking about ritualistic belief creating actual superstition or supernatural occurrences is ironically BuzzFeed Unsolved uh, <laughs> which we're about to discuss yeah, but baby. I was thinking quite a bit about Yellow Square while you were talking Yellow friend. Square <laughs> yeah um so I don't know I just think that one do you want to quickly tell the figlets what Yellow Square is in case they no. didn't listen to like literal episode two <laughs> of this they podcast they need to go listen <laughs> Read, we, we can't just give everything away. The ficlets need to listen to this podcast. Otherwise, they're not real ficlets. Wow, that's rude. Oh, you're a ficlet? Name five fics from the first ten episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Without looking. Go. Yes. No, sorry, everyone. Yellow Square, in all caps, is a BuzzFeed Unsolved fic that we did, as alluded, many, many moons ago, um, where, yeah, there is um, a supernatural entity, we assume, um, but there's a lot of discussion about how belief and belief in a supernatural entity will make it stronger or will make it real. Um, and then there it becomes a question of what is real and what we 
can manifest and if something is just in your head is it still real if you can feel it etc etc so yeah I mean I think that also goes for one of the other BuzzFeed Unsolved Fix that we discussed on this pod uh in the room where you sleep by Blur Hawaii which is the one where they're sort of trapped in the house that's like a tulpa and it's sort of manifests things based off their fears and beliefs um i think that that's yeah a pretty common thing in um bfu fic to like have that question of like what do we make real with our beliefs um and it's a good one (laughs) that's a trope i like like across fandom genres it's interesting to me so i will happily read things that explore that i do have a slight correction um i believe that i said yellow square was on episode two it is the second episode where we talked about fix but i forgot that because episode one is what is a fic click which is like uh-huh. 10 minutes it's actually technically episode well, that's like but episode episode zero. Episode. yeah right but on our numbering system what a so mess in case the ficlets go looking right jeez something along a similar vein too that i really liked about this fic was um so they're talking about they being the siblings are talking about like mythic figures um because like dream talks about um like babe ruth being in sort of like his hall of fame i think um and then death has a package of cracker jacks and she breaks it open looks for the prize and she's like nobody ever eats these it's just for like the little trading card you get um and the fic goes shoeless joe death says there's a tragedy for you gotten over his head almost like he wanted to take himself down yes says dream i've met him me too death says the real guy he's not as tall as you'd think um, and I liked that a lot because, um, once again, for all intents and purposes, I am reading this fic as like, OCs, this is original fiction. And so I like the implications I'm getting of sort of this world or like the duties that like Dream and Death have and like the places where they overlap and they don't because Dream deals in the unreality. Like the version of Shoeless Joe that he met is like not the same as the real person that Death took, um, when he died, which also... Death does in the in the middle of this fic like goes walks down the stands a bit and like causes or is around as an old man has a heart attack and dies, which I found really funny to be honest. <laughs> and I say funny because it's like they're having this sort of like they're like examining like the dreams and the mythos of like baseball and it's this like whole thing. And then like she walks down the bleachers, she's like sorry, be right back, and then like comes back and it's this like weird like the people in the field are like getting nervous and the two of them are just like having this discussion about like mythos um maybe funny wasn't the right word but i it was like i don't know i liked i liked that juxtaposition i made you genuinely think it was supposed to be a little comedic yeah (laughs) yeah so one thing i was thinking about while reading this fic also was as we've established i know nothing about baseball um but recently one of our friends and friend of the pod uh tiffany was telling me about baseball um which i still don't know much about but the impression that i've gotten is that if it was baseball um meets welcome to night vale so i did kind of have that in the back of my head as i was reading this fix i'd also just read the welcome to night vale fic before reading this and i didn't realize at the time that like the players all the players they were referencing i mean okay i know who babe ruth is but like i didn't realize that like shoeless joe was a historic real baseball player and i was like that does sound like one of the names that i've heard of baseball characters mm-hmm. um so that was also entertaining to me um but yeah i i don't really know much about it other than like i do it does seem like if um carlos and kevin had gone to the desert bluffs versus nightvale high school baseball game 
it seems like what I've heard of Blaze Ball, um, where just sort of odd and cryptic and um, strange weather phenomenons and all of that kind of stuff happens. So, like uh, handshake meme, Blaze Ball. This baseball game in Welcome to Night Vale going 900 innings. Like, I feel like that's a thing that could happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. There's like, I don't know, something about peanuts. Getting I... obliterated by the sun? Probably in both. I think That's like they're... all I know about baseball. Yeah. Oh, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get updates every so often from like the few friends I have who are into baseball that's like, oh, I really love this player, but he died. Uh, he still got traded though. And I won like 17 points for betting the mm-hmm. crush. And I'm like, I truly i have no idea what's going on but yes so happy for you fascinating to me and i know very little but i was thinking about it people Um, who are into baseball are having a hot girl summer yeah probably nick seems skeptic they i I feel like it depends on how you carry yourself okay (laughs) i'm gonna i'm happy to give anyone a hot girl summer (laughs) sticker (laughs) like yeah i can tell gatekeeping oh god who's the girl boss who's the gaslight uh, yeah i do feel like gatekeep girl boss gaslight does sort of hold hands with hot girl summer in some (laughs) regard yeah yeah well hey babes um i just um wanted to check in and let you know that this last summer i've actually um aside from going to youth baseball games Uh, I became my own boss, and I've been selling these amazing products, (laughs) so um, if you are tired of, like, working for the man, uh, feel free to join my all-female company. Um, Just let me know. What are you selling? Um, sword (laughs) fish. Oh, if it was swords, I would have been him. No, it's it's sword fish. Okay. (laughs) Live sword fish. (laughs) Sorry, I was thinking if we could assign Gaslight Gatekeep girl boss to the three fix from this week oh i mean the first one is clearly gaslight yes oh, um, yeah. no question is the second like i don't but then i get stuck mm. like i feel like my next one is also kind of gaslight yeah could it, it could be it could be gatekeep it keeps Stephen out <laughs> yeah and death girl bosses by yeah death. for sure for sure death is a girl boss this is a mess <laughs> Well, on to the next fic. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, so my pick for this episode is called Modern Rustic by Be the Change. Um, it's a Ryan Shane fic. Uh, it's tagged for both BuzzFeed Unsolved and Watcher Entertainment RPF because... Um, as Ficklets might know, um, these boys left BuzzFeed and started their own company along with other ex-BuzzFeed alum Stephen Lim. Stephen's mentioned here, but not really present. <laughs> we can't really welcome Stephen to the show. He's not really here. Um, Sorry to all the Stephen stands. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> We're really hyped to hear us talk about Stephen. <laughs> Maybe one day. Um, yeah, so... Uh, this is a little fic. It's canon compliant-ish. It's uh, yeah, it's it's canon divergent. I guess is the word. Um, where basically the whole Watcher team uh were supposed to go up to this like cabin retreat in the winter, like a little working vacation company retreat kind of thing. But Ryan and Shane are kind of the only ones who end up making it. Um, and uh. 
Then the cabin, which is very fancy and has like lots of advanced technology, um, starts basically trying to get them together. <laughs> um, I think like the best way to kind of explain this is that the little summary mentions that like the Wi-Fi network is named Be Our Guest and Ryan says to Shane, I think he says finally that if we looked around this place hard enough, we'd find a rose underneath a, a glass thing. What's it called? Losing me petals, metaphorically, <laughs> which is kind of the vibe of this whole fic. It's got a little bit of like the house is sentient and has intentions and desires. Um... Don't really have any big content warnings for this. Uh, the couple things I will say is that um, this was written like last winter and does take place canonically like in that time frame. So COVID does exist in this world. It does kind of impact the setup of the story in that uh, Ryan and Shane haven't been together in person for quite a while. And also like Shane didn't go home to see family for Christmas or anything like that. But the actual like pandemic disease part of it doesn't really play in at all. Um, also due to the nature of, like, the house is trying to get them together. I don't think this has, like, any kind of dubious consent. The author's very careful to make everything uh, very consensual, but just in case, like, that's something you don't really like is, like, people being influenced to get together by, like, outside forces or, like, supernatural things that does sort of play a part in this fic. Um, so those are my, like, content warnings. Um, but yeah, I just had a delightful time with this fic. It had been quite a while since I read anything for, like, BFU. Um, I, not to, like, play favorites on Fic Click, but, like, I do love B's fic. Like, uh, they're one of my favorite writers for BuzzFeed Unsolved. So recently I went back and, like, read everything that I had missed reading of theirs from, like, last year, including this one. Um, it has a lot of tropes I love. Um, and I really liked... Like, it was the first fic I had also read where any sort of part of our real lives during the, like, the COVID pandemic from the past year plus now was involved. And again, I like that it wasn't too in your face. It didn't have any of the actual, like, no one got sick or anything like that. But just sort of the themes of having been isolated, the themes of loneliness, the themes of, like, not having seen these people that you care about in person for a long time are present. And, um, yeah, I liked reading about it in this, in this context, um. Yeah, so I'm excited to hear what my co-hosts thought. Yes, I enjoyed this fic quite a lot. Um, we mentioned this sort of earlier, but I very much was thinking about the fic with the tulpa and how like this is like almost the exact reverse of it. It's like, ooh, if you think things will come true, but in the other like fic, it's like, don't think anything bad or like the monster in the dark is going to come get you. And this one's like, ho ho, the hot tub heats itself. Why don't you go for a swim? <laughs> um... Like Brenna, this is uh, one of, if not maybe the only fic I've read where like COVID was sort of central. Um, and to be honest, like I'm not sure I could have read this fic six months ago um, because I don't know, the beginning of this fic especially felt intensely familiar in a way that was like almost disconcerting. Um, we've mentioned before, the three of us used to all live in LA and like the three of us actually took a trip to Joshua Tree together in November as a sort of like... I need to get out of this city. We haven't seen each other, like, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, that feeling of, like, oh, my God, I finally get to be around the people who I care about so much. And, like, I felt so lonely. And, like, this this little, like, place that is, like, finally not the four walls of my apartment, like, means so much. Um, all deeply relatable um, in a way that, like, now that I've had a little bit of distance and, you know, as things have sort of changed um, since last November, December, um, 
this this felt like very readable. Like I was I wasn't like worried about it now, I guess, but like certainly at least like a year ago or something, I did not want to read COVID fic. Um, but I actually very much appreciate the way that B went about it, um, and the experience of reading it. Um Yeah, I found this fic very fun. Like the fact that like the beauty and the beast like starts as a joke and then becomes a thing that is almost like haunting them, it's like, oh no, wait, mm-hmm. oh no, this is actually what's happening to us. And like <laughs> bestie help like girl help this is not what the movie i want to be living in um but it's never like horror it's never bad um i do find it really funny that most of my bfu experience or like exposure has been on this pod um and i really find it humorous the idea that like common maybe fan in practice is like supernatural entities want them to bone like <laughs> we had the mothman getting them together we have this smart house getting them together uh-huh. like more so than like oh we're in a scary situation and that sort of like reveals our feelings it's literally like these supernatural entities are actively invested in your romantic getting together um i will say like there is a lot of what you've just mentioned in the fandom too like there's a lot mm-hmm. of like oh we were in this scary oh, situation yeah, yeah. or like something else i personally find these kind of fix very entertaining <laughs> So that could be part of why we've seen this uh, supernatural entities want yeah. them to hook up kind of <laughs> vibe. The like scary, the like, oh, scary situation got us to get together. Like I was thinking about like yellow script, like we have, or like the Tulpa one, like we have red fix that fit that. I just, yeah, I agree. I find it very funny when yeah. it's like the, these beings insist that this happened. Yes. Um, yeah. This fic was delightful. Really enjoyed it. Yes. Wow. Uh, another glorious return to this fandom by me. Uh, <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I just missed reading for this fandom. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you didn't bring this fic. <laughs> wow. And I was like, we all just read it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Thanks, everyone. I guess it's not special. It's special to me. Gate, um, <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Um... No, I really enjoyed this. I mean, obviously, it's it's one of those things. It's made me want to go back and watch more unsolved content and watcher content and stuff because I've been checked out for a while. Um, and just like, I don't know, there's something so nice about coming back to an old fandom. Like, this is definitely a fandom that I have. I don't have any like baggage around some fandoms I left and I was like, good riddance. This one I just moved on because it was time. And now it's like, I go back and I'm like, ah, wow. Is this what people talk about when they're like, my past fandoms that I'm not ashamed of or like (laughs) (laughs) angry about? Um, Incredible. So that made me happy. Um, Yeah, definitely agree that there is a lot of humor in here, especially as... um, I don't know, like getting beamed in the face by the cabin you're staying in by a box of condoms. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot of fun. Um, I do agree. I think that the way the pandemic was handled in this fic was very good. Um, I had been recommended a few things in the past by people and could not get through almost any of them, really. Um, and part of it is the timing, right? Um, things are just different now than they were last year um, for my own personal life, at least. Um, and part of it, I think, yeah, is just the way that it informed the situation, but did not necessarily center the fic. Like, it wasn't the most important um, emotional anchor, I guess. So, yeah, um, I have a lot of favorite things about this fic that I'm excited to talk about. But I think just, like, a really good Ryan POV in this fandom just 
gets me. It just gets me so good. I've talked about before on this pod several times now that we've done this fandom, but like I always, when I watch this stuff or like when I read about supernatural occurrences, blah, 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 identify really hard with the skeptics. So being able to read about like a believer POV that is believable (laughs) um, and that is so compassionate and interesting. um, I just really, really loved it. I loved that it kind of took into account his own journey on the show and the way that his perspective on things has shifted and changed and how that folds into everything. It's just, it's just good. It's just good fiction, folks. So uh, that's my opinion. I really enjoyed reading it. Yeah, I, I feel like I want to make like two small, like they're not disclaimers necessarily, but just like small statements um, before getting further into this. Like just in talking about like the like COVID pandemic, I think like, it's important for me to recognize that I felt able to read this fic now because the impact of the pandemic has lessened on my own life currently. But, like, it's played out very differently around the world, and I understand that, like, that's not the case for everyone right now and might not be the case for me going forward. We don't know how things are going to develop from here. Um, I also think, like, the three of us had somewhat similar experiences during the pandemic. We all lived in the same city. We all kind of had a similar line of like precautions and things that we were taking um so I think in that regard like I felt comfortable recommending this fic to you two but I don't know like yeah if if your life has been impacted differently or the place that you're living currently has been impacted differently like it might feel to you how it would have maybe felt to me to read this like yeah six months ago or something where we'd still have been uncomfortable um the second thing like we never make this disclaimer on the show but I almost feel like I should for this fic which is like BFU is a quite, like, online RPF fandom to talk about, and I think for longtime thicklets, you know that, like, we never come at RPF with, like, kind of a tin hat approach on this show. It's always, con- we're always considering the people in these fics to be characters. The the F and the fiction is, like, there for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But, like, you know, I, I think both Ryan and Shane's lives are online to some extent, and, like, from what we know is, like, a public have very happy personal lives with partners and everything and like this is in no way invalidating or like tin hatting about other things it's just a fun little story that kind of uses them as inspiration for these characters so yeah we never really make that disclaimer here because i think we just kind of assume that our audience is on the same page as us but i think just due to the online nature of this fandom wanted to put it out there it's a good reminder we haven't done that in a while so yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i think like I don't want to take up too much time right now, but I think one of the things I really do want to talk about more is just, like, the way this fix sets up where they have not seen each other in person for a while, I think, leads to this kind of having to relearn how to be around each other and this sort of re-recognition of, like, what their favorite things about each other are and, like, how much time they, like, how much they like spending time together. Um, there's a scene that I know Nick brought up in our pre-discussion, so if you want to talk about it, I'll let you, um, where Ryan sort of first has to, has this revelation when like, they're out on the like snowy, icy river, um, and it's just very good. I feel like I always like when a getting-together fic, especially for a getting-together fic for like people who have known each other for quite a while, I feel like it requires a catalyst of like something changing in their relationship, and this was such like a subtle but impactful way to do it, where it's the change is really just like they haven't seen each other in person for quite a while. Um, And there's all these things that have like kind of maybe changed about their lives or their relationship, but they haven't seen each other in person to like kind of experience those changes or to relearn how their friendship works. Um, And I just really like that aspect of it. Yeah. Wow. 
I'm holding myself back. I'm not going to talk about how that's Hamlet, but know that I'm thinking it. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Um, so I will say, yeah, that is one of my absolute favorite tropes. I make no secret of it. People having to renegotiate their relationships with each other, I think, is so good and interesting and reveals so much about character and dynamic. Um, yeah, that scene is one of my favorites. Um, they're on the... Um, <laughs> what's what's the word i'm looking for like un- unrealistically frozen river like this should they should not be <laughs> yeah, able to like, walk it's on like this. a winter wonderland all <laughs> yes. of a sudden but it's safe and cool and like don't worry about falling through the ice exactly and like the river is romantic don't worry about it to like perfectly enable them to like fake ice skate etc cetera, etc cetera. Yes, exactly um yeah it's very very fantasy land um but they're walking on there and i just the way be the change writes emotional conversations between people and characters who feel like real human beings that like could have these conversations is so important to me um i mean i i love a uh super dramatic romantic fan fiction moment of confession out of nowhere but i really like the way that this builds because this first like quote-unquote confession is just like wow i missed you so much more than i expected to um, and they have they they have this little conversation about how like it's different when it's not in person and how they were spending hours and hours and hours together building this new company, but it was all over like a video chat and how that is different, <laughs> uh, which I I just really liked that that was such a big moment. It didn't have to jump right into like I do and always have had romantic feelings for you and I just didn't notice like that's not what this is it's I'm coming to a different understanding about our relationship and like this cabin isn't helping <laughs> or it is helping depending on your perspective but um it can start with something really simple of like this big thing changed and it changed the way that I look at you and that can be like a normal and natural progression in a relationship even if it wouldn't have happened if all the other stuff hadn't happened. They have a long conversation about that at the end too, of like what what makes it okay to feel your feelings, like what justifies it, what validates it. Um, but yeah, I just, I really, really liked that bit of it. Yeah, if we're jumping to the end, because um, I was thinking a lot about that as you were just speaking. Um, the broomstick and the beef. The broomstick and the beef. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. Which is so fucking funny. Um, no, I mean, so... As you might expect a fic like this to go, um, they hit a point where, like, the house is like, you will get together. And so the house, like, locks them both in a closet and eventually they're like, what if we just kiss? And then there's, like, they're getting together. Um, but the aftermath of it, I think, it is it hits on everything that Nick was just saying. And I think it was done so well where, um, Shane gives this metaphor about, like, SeaWorld and Disneyland that actually wounded me so fucking deeply. <laughs> Well, the way, okay, because it's basically like Shane was like, do you only think you're having these feelings because you haven't seen anyone else in so many months and because we're trapped in this house together, like blah, blah, blah. Um, And Ryan is sort of like, you know, as, as Nick mentioned, like, does it like, yeah, maybe this thing wouldn't have happened if all of these other things hadn't happened before it, but that doesn't make it any less like valid of like a change and like a personal growth to go through. And there was one line that, or like, one little bit that made me out of my gourd, folks. Um, because as Ryan has been, like, cataloging the strange things about this house, like, one of the things he thinks about a few times is that, like, the the floor plan does not make any sense. Like, they look at this, like, little A-frame cabin, not little, but they look at this A-frame cabin from the outside, and then 
now they're inside of it. And Ryan's like, I, the, it's bigger on the inside. There's a whole thing about like the TARDIS. Um, but as, as Shane and Ryan are having sort of this like formative conversation about like what this might mean or like how they might've changed as people, um, there's a couple lines that go, in his heart, in his head, rooms are moving. Staircases are pivoting on their bases until he can see shortcuts to new places. Until he can see that he doesn't look on the inside like he does on the outside either. That beneath his own simple A-frame, hidden construction is at work. Which, out of my gourd, folks, um, <laughs> I, th- I just, I think the thing, I think part of what makes it so impactful for me, though, is the point that Ryan is making in his own head is like, yeah, this is about him and Shane, but it's about him and his own growth as a person. And, like, he would be having those feelings of growth independent of them hooking up in the closet of a too smart house. Yeah, I think, like, speaking of Ryan's growth, like, one aspect of this fic that I really adored um, is how, like, okay, at first, through most of the fic, Ryan's really annoyed at this house. Like, at first he thinks it's kind of... Like, suspicious but nice what the house is doing. Like, it's suspicious but nice that they're suddenly, like, outdoor winter clothes in their sizes. It's, like, suspicious but nice that the hot tub's turned on. Like, he doesn't really trust it, but it's not, like, bad. It's all the things that they keep wanting to do, and they're just being provided to it. After the house, like, turns off all the power in the middle of the night to force them to basically cuddle, um, he does start to get far more annoyed. (laughs) Um, But there's a scene where, like, so the, basically the house locked them in a closet at like midnight on New Year's. Um, and before they do any of their sort of talking about things and getting together, Ryan has this bit where he's basically like, is it weird that I'm starting to feel sorry for it? And Shane's like, yeah, this house that locked us in this closet. Like, yeah, it's fucking weird, Ryan. Um, but like the way Ryan explains it, I think is really nice. He basically is just like, like, Strifter just explains this, like, the house seems lonely. Like, he imagines that it's built as this, like, second or third home for some, like, tech entrepreneur who's, like, only here a few times a year. Like, it doesn't, it's not lived and it doesn't, like, belong to people. And, like, maybe it just also wants, like, that aspect of things, that, like, belonging, that, like, kind of, like, love and stuff. Um, but if he wants to, like, quote, feel something real, like, it's, one, I just thought that that was, like, a really nice way to kind of end on this house. Like, that it, they kind of do end up having this, like, warmth and affection towards it. Even though it's been kind of annoying and meddlesome. <laughs> um, but it was never, like, a malicious, you know? I think that's a big big part of it. Um, and I was thinking a lot about how, like, I've read BFU fic for a number of years. And while this isn't, like, an overall trend in the fandom, I do feel like I've read more fic in the last, like, year or so, where Ryan's a bit more sympathetic towards, like, some of the supernatural phenomenon that they encounter. Um, I mean, I think, like, overall he is an empathetic person in fic, but I think at the beginning it was always just, like, he's scared of it. He doesn't want to be near it. Blah, blah, blah. And, like, I like seeing sort of the character growth that, like, the fandom has written in for him. I just found that really interesting because, like, I like reading fic for the same fandom over a long period of time, even if I'm not active in the fandom, because I think watching the ways that, like, tropes rise and fall on popularity, characterizations rise and fall on popularity is, like, really fascinating. But I also think, like, the way fandom, like, changes their characterization over time and stuff is also interesting. Like, obviously, we talked about, like, these are characters, you know? But I think it's really interesting to watch as the fandoms progressed how people dig down into their characterizations of these people more and, like, 
give them more nuance, give them more depth, change things up. Like, they're not always just the archetypes that we sort of started with at the beginning of the show of, like, the skeptic and the believer all the time. Um, And, yeah, I just found that really lovely, both in terms of this fic and also just in kind of terms of, like, Ryan's growth as, like, a character in fandom. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I feel like part of it comes back to the phenomenon of, like, fake of fic Mm-hmm. Um, it's made me think about the times that I have written for really established fandoms and times that I've been one of the first people in a tag where I'm like, hi, SOS. Um, and like how that changes the way I approach characterization quite a lot. Um, because in some ways it does kind of feel like when it's early days, you're going from the ground up. Um, and it's a very different vibe from a fandom like this where we're years and years in. Um, and there are many other fandoms that are much better established, obviously, but, um, I don't know, just if you think, yeah, of like, sometimes it's fic of your own fic and sometimes it's looking at past characterizations that you've done and saying, how do I want to carry this through? How do I want to alter it or change it? I just posted a little like meta essay on Dreamwith a few days ago about maintaining characterization across universes. Um, if that's a thing that you like are interested in doing, it's obviously not a requirement, but it made me think a lot about like how fic authors establish core persona and where that comes from. Um, so that made me think a lot about this fic and like what things are the same in these characterizations across different fics, even by the same author or across years in the same fandom, and what things are shifting or different or unsettled that authors are like, I don't know, like it feels like when there's something unsettled in a characterization authors try to resolve that thing in different ways um, or the same author tries to resolve it in different ways over time so I just find that like super fascinating um, and I can see that coming up in this fic and in this fanish conversation in general yeah one thing we've talked about on the pod before that I always think is really fascinating and that I kind of love is like if you're familiar enough with a fandom like you could read a fic without looking at the year it was posted and get a pretty good sense of, like, the era in which it was written. Like, even, like, regardless of, like, maybe the canon it does or doesn't reference, like, there are certain little characterizations or things where you're like, okay, yes, like, I can pick out this. And we talked about that for, like, Marvel and for K-pop and for you both for BFU. Um, I just really enjoy it. I think it is something really fun about being so so in a fandom and, like, in it for long enough that you know it well enough to be able to see those changes and that growth. A uh, fanish scholar. Yeah. Some would say. Oh, that's what we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, like, we kind of are, Reed, so don't, <laughs> don't diss it. Yeah, Reed. Listen, until we, like, uh, put out our, like, newsletter that we've talked about a bajillion oh, times God. over the past uh, two years or whatever. Years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, it doesn't have to be, like, a written part to, like, justify our, what we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, Like, Reed. we have the podcast are you saying already. that the only true scholars are people who like write out all their arguments and post them publicly or is there another way to maybe approach being a fan you know it's not about being a fan it's Gatekeep. about being a scholar well yeah now that you're saying this to me in this tone like i really want to dig my heels in <laughs> i don't know which of the, the categories that makes me but yeah, it's so like to bring it back to uh, the contents of this fic for one moment. One other thing I really wanted to talk about was like the way that this house like sort of manipulates things or like changes things. I feel like, yeah, like we talked about every other time that we've read sort of BFU fic with like these sentient houses or like other kind of 
supernatural elements. It's always like a little bit malicious feeling. And I like that this house was kind of just like pulling out every like rom-com trope in the book. Like it was very funny in that regard. And one of the things it keeps doing is like putting mistletoe up like literally everywhere. Um, And there's a line from like pretty early up where like Shane finds like kind of the first sprig that's like popped up somewhere. And he's basically like mistletoe is like a parasite. Like it feeds off like the trees that it grows on and things. And I, it's one of those things I didn't think about much on my first read. And then I was like rereading it before we discussed today. And I was just thinking about like, sort of the house needing to feed off of like their good energy, but not in this way where it's like draining them. It just like wants these things from them because it's like nourishing for it too, kind of. And I just thought that was like an interesting sort of setup for the whole premise um, of the fic. And like, also, I feel like Reed kind of called me out for this before we made this episode. Um, that, like, I like fic with, <laughs> like, somewhat sentient houses or, like, enchanted houses or houses with, like, a will or mind of their own in some way. Um, which is intensely true. Like, I really do like that trope, which I hadn't even really thought about that much um, when, like, choosing this fic to bring. But I just think, like, in, at least in, like, Western media, which is all I can really speak to, um, there's so much about, like, what makes a house a home? Like, what is home? Like, is it the people? Is it the place? Is it what we bring to the place? Like, is it the family? All of these things. And, like, I think that's why I like fic or any other fiction where, like, the house, all of those things, all of the, the people, the feelings, the emotions, the care that's put into decorating it, bring something more to the space and to the house itself and imbues it with this power. Once again, like, our sort of, like, everyday rituals, our feelings, our emotions, our beliefs, like, the power that they give something else that's not usually supposed to have any sort of, like, will of its own, (laughs) I just find really interesting and is something that I really like in fiction. Um, Yeah. Brenda, I love hearing you talk about stuff. <laughs> Agreed. I feel like I'm a little kid at story time in the library or something. <laughs> I'm just like chin handing watching you go. Yeah. I mean, thanks. <laughs> I'm glad you don't hate it because like we do this podcast. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm like, God, Brent, I hate it when you talk about fic. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, pisses me off. I've done so much like effusing over this fic. Is that is that right? Is that the right way to say that? effusing over this fic i don't think so sure i've been very effusive about this i don't that doesn't feel right i don't know hey i've said a lot of nice things about this fic but i do have a bone to pick with it um oh yeah you did mention yes. this okay so like in my own notes that i make in my google doc i i meant to write like two sentences or something as a joke like in, in this essay i will and then i wrote the essay um and now i feel passionate about sharing it with you both yeah please go ahead so i'm ready The lines from the fic read, uh, because it has just unexpectedly snowed. So the fic went, he never had a snow day growing up, but he imagines this is what it must have been like. The joy of having nothing in particular to accomplish and no way to do so, even if you wanted to. The excitement of waking up to find the world has made itself over, especially for you. Uh, here's my note (laughs) about that. Uh Uh Uh-huh. But it's correct. Yeah. Absolutely not. A snow day is waking up at like 6am to see if the phone tree from school has reached you yet to confirm if you actually have a snow day. Half the schools in your district are closed, but not yours. If, by some miracle, your school is closed, then get ready to pack on 17 layers. It's time for the first shovel of the day. You can't let it build up too much and or turn to ice. Do you have a small dog? Time to shovel him a tunnel in the backyard, too. Do that until your arms are sore and you can't feel your fingertips. 
Once you head back in, do the homework you were going to cram into the eight-minute gap between periods two and three. Eat lunch. Go outside for shovel session number two. Maybe have enough snow to try building a small fort with your neighbors in the space between your houses. Realize you are a little baby who gets cold super easily and go back inside, drinking a hot chocolate while everyone else continues to play. At some point, your older brother sneaks snow back into the house to throw a snowball at you or stuff it down the back of your shirt. Remember how much you hate winter. Look nervously outside at how much snow is piling up and wonder if the power is going to go out. Kill some time reading or playing video games. Time for dinner, and then you guessed it. Shovel time number three. Take a long shower to regain warmth in your body before you go to bed. Congratulations, you just had a snow day. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sounds like you just had a snow day. <laughs> wow, Reed! <laughs> um, I should maybe clarify wow. that, like, I did have enjoyable snow days as a child, but, like, I really do hate winter. <laughs> And like there's the utopia of snow days that are that is often presented in media, I think is false. Mm-hmm. Um, at mm-hmm. least according to my East Coast winter experiences as a child. Yeah. Can I make a quick counterpoint? Mm, yes. Maybe. I maybe SoCal native. Well, I guess not California native. I'm not, not at all. <laughs> yeah. California I'm native. not a SoCal native, but the person who is is Ryan Bergara. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And as another California native in a place that doesn't snow, um, I will say in his defense, I don't think Ryan's ever experienced a snow day and then probably is only influenced by like media. And as someone else who only ever went to see the snow on vacation, it does always feel like kind of a magical thing. You're on break. It's snowing. All you have to do is sit around inside. Like It is June 29th and I still have a wrist injury that I got in January from shoveling. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Oh, I'm no. sorry to laugh, Reed. I'm no, not. you can that laugh. Sucks, but like, <laughs> anyway, no, I'm not saying the Ryan of this fic is wrong for those feelings. I just had a very visceral reaction. I was like, That's actually, fair. I do. I take your point, especially for media in which the people live in a place that it snows, and then there's a snow day, and it's presented as like all fun and games. Yeah, sure. It's not. It's not. It's serious work. <laughs> it's serious. <shuffle. sighs> This house would probably do the shoveling for them, though. So that's another point in Ryan enjoying the snow day. So that was our discussion on Modern Rustic by Be The Change. Uh, Thanks to everyone for coming along for this little trip up into the mountains and this strange little house. Um, I enjoyed it, and I hope you did, too. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode of FicClick. We hope you enjoyed. It's really nice to be back from our break and get to talk about some Fic. Um, I don't know, I had fun. I hope my co-hosts also enjoyed recording together once more, reuniting. I like that you say reuniting as though we didn't spend part of this break no. like together in person. Well, reuniting voluntarily. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so we have merch that you can find at our Redbubble shop. <laughs> It's linked on our Twitter. Uh, lots of really cute stuff, so check it out. You can also connect with us on social media in general. So we are on Twitter and Tumblr at FitClick, and you can email us as well at fitclickpod at gmail.com. Another way to connect with us is via our Discord server. Uh, you can find the link to join on our Twitter. It's a very fun little place, and we sometimes do events like the PowerPoint night we mentioned. So if you're ever interested in joining for games, fic recs, fic discussions, all that good stuff, uh, come check us out. You can also uh, do us a big favor and write us a review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast hosting site where 
you can leave a review. I don't know of other ones, but if yours can, <laughs> if, if you can leave a review on yours, go for it. Yeah, just like wherever you feel like leaving a review, just like leave one out in the wilderness. Um, oh, like city. geocaching? If you want to like yeah, write a little geocaching, like yeah, write yeah, like yeah. listen to fit click and then like put it in a little geocache spot. Yeah. I think that could be fun. If you want to like hire like a skywriter and mm. write like listen to fit click, like yeah, please do. Anyway, we love hearing from you. Word of mouth is definitely the best way that we grow as a little pod. So we appreciate uh, anytime that you uh, leave us a nice note or share us with your friends. You may have also noticed that we have a new look for our podcast now uh, with a new logo and some new graphics on social media as well. Um, I wanted to say a huge thank you to our friend and friend of the pod, Tiffany, for helping us out with them. They look amazing. I am so excited about them and I hope you all really like them as well. Uh, We're also going to have some refreshed merch up on Redbubble soon, um, so keep tuned for that as well. Uh, You can find Tiffany on Twitter at Cryptonomica and she also has her own Redbubble store with some really cool fan merch as well. So check that out. Um, She deserves a lot of love and thank yous for helping us out with this project. So the time that this episode comes out, it is, drumroll, Brenna's half birthday! Wow, amazing. Happy half birthday, Brenna. Thank you. (laughs) We're big fans of half birthdays on this pod. We are. And so speaking of... uh, for our episode that will be coming out in two weeks, it is just two days past Nick's half birthday. Woo! I'm um, so excited. Nick's half birthday is also my real birthday. Ha-ha. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> uh, mm. um, which is to say, it is time for the third installment of this year's birthday episodes uh, for the podcast. Um, in case you missed the first two, because they both happened in January. Um, you guys really should have, like, had more spread out birthdays for the sake of, like, planning this <laughs> podcast. Wow, thanks, Reed. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Nick, you're a big fan of changing your own birthday, so, like, yeah. we'll just schedule in for October for next year. Um, like, we can't even do our half birthdays because then they're just, like, on top of the <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, It'd be much worse, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so um, if you missed the first two, uh, basically, whoever's birthday it is picks one fic to talk about. Um, and the fic that I will be bringing for my birthday is Let the Light In by Sharpa. It is a BTS fic. It's Yoonkook specifically. It's 65k, so a little bit above what we normally bring. Um, and it is um, an AU that is magic in the modern day. Uh, they all live in New York. Um, I love this fic quite a lot. I haven't reread it in a while, so I'm very excited to bring it to the pod and talk about it. Well, Ficklets, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Until next time, good night, Ficklets. Good night. Bye, girl bosses. <laughs> it's been a real home round of an episode. Catch you next game. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>